Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning again, sports fans, and welcome to the program. With you until 11 o'clock today with Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly. Phone line open, 217-356-9397. Mr. Tate, how you doing? Doing well. Got some baseball to talk about, some other things. Got three or four guests lined up for you this morning. By the way, that thing thing Curry did last night was uh, all-timer. 43 points, clutch situation. I mean, 43 points was just the way he won the game. I mean, he it was amazing. It was a great player having a great game. It doesn't always happen, but, boy, he did last night. He took over when several members of his team were just kind of dying on the, on the vine. 107-97 was the final. The uh, Warriors over the Celtics to even that series at 2-2 two and two in the NBA Finals. Baseball last night, the Cardinals beat the Reds 2-0. Cardinals are in first place, despite yeah. themselves. <laughs> you know, M- Milwaukee's hit a real skids here. Seven straight. Yeah. I, I saw when uh, when Hader gave up two home runs, I thought, what happened? I, I didn't know that was possible. Milwaukee lost again uh, their seventh straight game. The Yankees beat the Cubs 2-1 to one in 13 innings. Neither team so you're got a hit. In three extra innings. In the in the tenth, eleventh, with man on second, they couldn't even get him to third most of the time, and then with two out in the thirteenth, that the the Yankees finally got a hit to win the game. Two to one was the final there. They'll play again uh, later today. The White Sox beat Texas eight to three. White Sox, another week goes by. There's still a couple of games under five hundred. They just can't get back to that five hundred level and above. Yeah, it's it's really been a bumpy season for the White Sox. It, and yet, uh, I wouldn't give up quite give up on them yet, but they're they're missing some key players that really hurt. In the uh, state uh, girls softball tournament yesterday, Saint Ignatius beat Muhammad Seymour three nothing, twenty two strikeouts in that ball game for the uh, Saint Ignatius. You tell me you got twenty two strikeouts and, and there are only twenty one outs in the game. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Catcher one got away on a strikeout, right? Huh? 3 nothing was final there, and Muhammad Seymour will play for third place Steve, later Steve, is there something fundamentally wrong with, with the game of softball when you have so many strikeouts? I mean, it, it doesn't happen all the time, but, but you see it. It, it, just, it was just over a week ago that, that uh, Jurgler for uh, 
Muhammad Seymour struck out, what, the first 17 batters, wasn't it? The first 15, I know, and then I think she had a couple more in the sixth inning. Or, Man, oh, man, that's that's way too many. There's something wrong with the game. That would be a good question next time we have Brad Sturdy on because he coaches softball. Yeah. Good question, maybe something to talk to him about. Uh, some other uh, news items on this Saturday morning before we uh, tell you our guest lineup. Trent Frazier, two-year deal to begin a pro basketball career in Serbia, in Belgrade. Yeah. Yep. He'll be one of three, I think, Americans on that roster. So well, I, I think that's a good start for him. I mean, it, it's, ob- it's obvious that he wasn't going to be uh, in the NBA. And I don't, if, you're, if you're not in the NBA, the uh, G League's not a perfect uh, situation for you. He'll make more money than he, make, than he would make in the G League. I think the G League, uh, well, I'm not going to guess anymore, but uh, th- their salaries aren't near what uh, you can make in Europe. And that team, I'm told, plays in two different leagues, two pretty top leagues mm-hmm. over uh, in that part of the world. So congratulations to Trent Frazier. Courtney Ramey, if you missed it, is going to Arizona. He was a guard that was on the Illinois radar. Yeah, I, I think he's from St. Louis, and of course he played at Texas, and he got an extra year, and uh, he's going he's gonna to play for a really good Arizona team. Ty Rogers continuing to play well in the uh, USA under-18 team down in Mexico. They have moved into the semifinals there. We'll play more games uh, this weekend. Jacob Grandison visited Duke this week for a couple yep. of days. Yeah, haven't heard it about him making any kind of decision where he wants to go next. If he wants to stay in college basketball, he must. He's in the portal and being courted, so he's at least looking at that possibility. He needs to look at a, at a situation where he can get plenty of playing time. With with Duke, uh, you and I were talking before the show, it's amazing what's happening there, the way that the players go through there. They have four players, potentially, at least three for sure, maybe four in the first round of the upcoming, by the way, that's this month, uh, NBA draft. Mm-hmm. And just think about it. Four players in the first round of the NBA draft and turn right around and bring in three of the top 20 players in the nation as freshmen this year. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a machine. And I think Shire will be successful there with, with the talent he has, although I don't know. I don't, I, how, can you do that with freshmen? Of course, he's got more than freshmen, but, but he'll be playing a lot of freshmen. He will. So will Illinois. I was going to say, Brad, everyone <laughs> hopes you can. With, uh, it looks like uh, the keys to the uh, – the, uh, Automobile might be uh, handed to uh, Sky Clark as far as the point guard goes. Yeah. Well, nobody else. I don't think we have, other than the freshman, there's no other player that we could even uh, think about as a point guard. Right. Speaking of all-time great ones, Isaiah Martinez is coming back to the University of Illinois as an assistant wrestling coach under Mike Poeta. So that's that's good. He's been coaching a couple of years out at Oregon State. So he's back on the Illinois roster as an assistant coach. On uh, the golf tours, the Canadian Open, uh, Hardy made the cut. DA points did not for a former Illini in the field. Nick Hardy minus one right on the uh, cut line. DA points missed the cut. He was seven over par. In the PG, just missing the the uh, Open qualifying by one. Right. <laughs> um, Hardy missed. The, you talk about Hardy or points? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hardy, yeah. yeah. Hardy, missed, Hardy missed in yes. Ohio by one shot. Yes, he's a first alternate. He could still get in if somebody um, has you to pull out. You say he is the first alternate? Not the first. He's like the third or fourth. It, or, he's, yeah. He was the first alternate of that 
sectional mm-hmm. with that qualifying site, right. which was in Springfield, right. Illinois. So not much chance that he'll get in. And Ricky Fowler is also a first alternate from where he tried out. So What's happening with Ricky Fowler? I don't know. I think uh, he had a lot of success early, and probably is. Uh, then he got married, and probably found that Did there's more to life. Did you see how many guys in the top ten? are 30 years or younger, are under 30, in their 20s, eight out of the top 10 players in the world right now. Some of them are guys that until this year I never heard of, and that's my fault. And I mean, you, you've heard of them, but I haven't. Well, that's one of, the, one of the points. Is that good or bad that we haven't heard of them? Is it good or bad that they're young uh, and, and well, at that point? Well, it's just a changing game. I it mean, is. The, the long I think it's both. I mean, if, if you can hit the ball out there where you're using a wedge on your second shot all the time, you could probably get to be pretty good. I wouldn't know how what that feels like. <laughs> uh, on the uh, PGA Tour champions, uh, Steve Stricker has an event, uh, an associated uh, association with an insurance company up there, uh, American Family, up in Madison, Wisconsin. And Stricker is playing. He is one under par after the first round. Mike Small also playing in that field. He turned in a round of uh, plus one after the first day of that, and they'll get going again today on that. Those are some of the headlines. Our guest list coming up in just a moment. We're going to talk things over with Bruce Weber, talk some basketball with him and a couple of other things as well. At 9.30, Jeff Rabjohns, who covers the Indiana Hoosiers, will join us, talk about what's going on there, football and basketball-wise, at Indiana. At 9.45, Kedrick Prince from the Quad City Times. We'll talk basketball recruiting and Illinois hoops with him. At 10 o'clock, the Blonde Bomber, Jay Scheidler. A lot of uh, longtime high school basketball fans around here will remember his name from Lawrenceville, and he went on to play at the University of Kentucky. He will join us to talk about a book that he has out. And at 10.30, we'll check in with Mike Walner down at the U of I golf course. Next week is the U of I Open, which runs, as always, on the same weekend of the U.S. Open and Father's Day weekend. We'll find out uh, how the entries are going for that. But, but that Scheidler scored 55 points in a single game, Steve. Do you know how many points that is? 55 <laughs> in one game and claims that he missed the last free throw attempt and missed his last shot at the buzzer because he didn't want to make it because it only tied his brother's record of 55. Is that right? That's right. That's what he says. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe it's true. He just said he wanted to share it with his brother. He didn't want to break it. We'll find out. <laughs> That's our lineup. You're welcome to join us at any time. 217-356-9397. We'll take a break and be back with Bruce Weber after this. Stay with us. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. The Lanai Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Pellaofchampaign.com. We are off and rolling on this edition of the Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk. This is Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate with you until... 11 o'clock, phone lines as always, open 217-356-9397. Our first guest coming to us live from Manhattan, Kansas this morning. Former Illini coach Bruce Weber is with us. Good morning, coach. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing fine, Steve. Thank you, and good morning, Lauren. Good morning. Uh, football is well in Champaign. Well, it is well in Champaign, I think, right now. Everything's going pretty good. We were going to say that uh, this is the... Uh, 
the off season for basketball conversation, <laughs> but there is no off season anymore, is there? No, there isn't, and uh, a lot of changes in college basketball. Um, a lot of craziness, to be honest. Uh, it, it's it's amazing the NIL, the you know, getting agents involved. I, I think it's uh, a lot of the the older coaches. It's it's been a it's been a tough change for them, but. Um, you know, a lot, Lauren's been around a long time. You've been along a long time, Steve. You know, a lot of changes have come through the years. And, you know, when change happens, it, it just takes time to adjust. And um, But this is a little more extreme. I think this is, uh, you know, to be really, really paying the players uh, like this. It'll be interesting how it all unfolds here over the next few years. Is that going to influence whatever you decide to do in the future uh, regarding coaching? Oh, I, maybe a little bit. Um, I had a couple opportunities this spring, uh, you know, to do some things. It, for me, the most important thing is 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 my wife Megan, our our family. We got four grandkids now. I, I you know, sacrificed a long time in my life. They've sacrificed probably more than anybody, uh, you know, because you, as you know, it's it's probably about. I always figured out about 340 days a year I worked and. And even the days where we tried to do vacation, somebody was texting you or calling you or whatever. And, um, you know, so it's, it's got to be the right thing. I love coaching. Megan, Megan wants me to coach if it, if it works out. But, you know, we'll see. I, I, I almost think maybe the mid-major might be more attractive because of it. But if the right situation happens, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe go into it and, um, I've talked to a couple of NBA teams, talked to some of the networks. Um, I want to do something and, and I want to help people. That's, that's been my goal. Um, basically my whole life is to, you know, help, help young men grow and learn and, and, and help people and, and use, use my, you know, coaching situation to be, make a difference. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll talk more basketball with Bruce Weber as, as we move along here in the next few minutes. But uh, when you and I talked on the phone uh, a couple of days ago, you, you told me about an interesting uh, uh, situation that you've got. You've got a whole lot of Illinois memorabilia signed by yourself and uh, some unsigned, I guess, but a whole lot of stuff that you'd like to, uh, to uh, maybe raise some money for Coaches versus Cancer, and you kind of figured out a way to do it. Let us know how you're going to do that. Yeah, you know, as we've, uh, you know, the last uh, couple of months, we had we sold our house and, and you had to go through all the stuff and all our other moves, um, you know, we just packed it up and we never opened stuff. And this time I opened it up and a lot of great memories, just unbelievable things I have, whether my office or things people gave us or, um, you know, so I, I was actually talking to Karen Pope, uh, the Pope family a long time Champagne residents and and Karen uh, had Champagne Estates sales that you know and her and then her daughter Whitney took it over and and we were just talking like you know trying to we were trying to figure out some prices and get appraisals on things and then I said man that I have all this stuff and I and I can't I don't I don't want to throw it away it's valuable stuff I know people would love it. I'm just trying to figure out a way to do it. Um, if you remember when I left Illinois, I put all my, I think it was like 70 orange ties up for sale online. And, and we raised about $10,000 in my orange blazer and 
for coaches versus cancer. So I just kind of threw that out to the coaches versus cancer people, American Cancer Society. And, and then Karen came up with the idea, obviously uh, sad to have uh, Jim, Jim Turpin's passing and his family's having a state sale next weekend. So we, we sent up a carload of stuff to, um, to Champagne, and they're going to include it in there. And, and all the, the profits from uh, the sales are going to go to Coaches versus Cancer. And then as we've talked with Whitney and Emily Lipinski from Coaches versus Cancer, I have some items that probably are uh, a little more valuable, some pictures and, and some things from the Final Four, from our Big, uh, Big Ten championships um in 04 and 05 and um i think we'll we're going to try to include those on an online auction uh later in the fall when when uh, coach underwood has a big uh, fundraiser for coaches versus cancer uh we're going to try to get it we're getting opportunity for more people to bid on it and and get the price up and i think you'll be you know some autograph stuff by all our players the bobbleheads the pieces of the floor um I got some ring uh, rings of mine that I uh, that were kind of in putting these different trophy cases, some uh, team pictures, all this different stuff. So we're they're going to pick out the main items and put them in some of the bigger items that we think we can raise more money and put them into um, an online sale probably in the fall. But next Saturday, when the Turpin family has a state sale, we'll have some stuff in there too that you know hopefully people will be intrigued to buy and and again uh, the money will go to coaches go, go bruce to coaches. is this going to be on william street where where jim lived i i believe so i i will be it's champagne's uh, st- uh state sales.com you can go on there okay and they're you know the family's going to have i think they're trying to get jim's probably got tons of stuff too <laughs> um they're probably getting rid of it and it's 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 i've talked to other coaches it's the sad part I actually have five boxes of SIU stuff. I'm going to take to them. <laughs> okay. Um, that we're going to we're going to do for their uh, fundraiser in the fall, and and then I have a bunch of Purdue stuff. I haven't I haven't talked to Purdue people yet, but hopefully we can do stuff with them. And I just don't, you know, you put it. In, I'm going to put some stuff in storage right now, but um, a lot of a lot of great stuff, and obviously great memories. Uh, and. I had two of Darren. I didn't even realize it. it's been a while, but I had two of Darren Williams Olympic jerseys, um, you know, where they won the gold medal. Right. And, and I called Darren and I said, you know, I don't want to sell these and make money. And this is, and he wanted them back. So we actually we had some of our sales go or some of our move go to my daughter Emily in Dallas. So I stuck the two <laughs> Olympic jerseys in there. And uh, he's going to pick them up from Emily. So it's it's good he gets those back. He said, you have more than I do, Coach. I only have one. So You're going to hang on to some of, some of the Illinois stuff, aren't you? You're not going to sell everything. You had so oh, many great no, memories I, here. I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of picked out some of the, you know, really cool stuff that I thought. Um, you know, again, we just don't, we're going to downsize. And, you know, when you have 40 years, 40-plus years of stuff and three girls, and, and now all of a sudden you're, uh, don't have anywhere to put it. Uh, you know, I, I thought my goal would always be to have some great man cave, some nice <laughs> sports car kind of thing where I could hang up all my memorabilia and have people come and see it. But uh, right now that doesn't look like it's going to happen. So uh, I I want something to, 
we're, I want people to have it, and I also like to raise some money to help somebody. So that that's what we're kind of coming up with, and I appreciate you guys having me on to kind of get the word out. Well, Bruce, I want to talk to you about some of the craziness that you brought up, and the, you know, <laughs> the, the transfer portal and Nigel Pack. Yeah. And what, tell us about Nigel uh, Pack. Now he's he's uh, well, he moved to Miami, right? Yeah, and Nigel was the poster child of of all this, and again. Um, I think part of it, and this is more complicated, and this is what we always tell the coaches, we are not on any of these decisions that are when these board of trustees or board of directors of the NCAA, their their athletic directors, their um, compliance officers, they, they don't realize there's always other complications when they make rules. And I think when you combine the portal, when you combine allowing players to put their name in, when you allow players to have agents, when you have an NIL, when you put them all together in the mixing bowl, you are, you've created some problems. And I think in Nigel's case, he put his name in for the, you know, just to see like all kids do now, you know, get, they all want to get workouts. So now you can take an agent and, um, you know, when you take the agent, well, the agent wants to make money. Well, he can help them make money through NIL and get, I don't know, 10, 20 percent. So yeah. in Nigel's deal, probably about a million dollars, um, an agent gets 100000 to 200000 for a month or so of work. Wow. Um, you know, not a bad thing. Um, you know, so I, I, I just. It's it's interesting, and I I don't I've just talked with some people. I am I am still on. I have been on the NCA Ethics uh, Committee. Um, you know, it was a big thing in our spring meetings. Uh, the, you know, all again the complications of it. Um, you know, some people just say, "Hey, welcome to you know it's you got to you got to accept it. You got to welcome it. Um, this is a new way of basketball, but." I also think now talking to a few other people after, including a couple of NCA people that they, they didn't realize what was going to happen with this and with the agents involved. And, you know, Nigel, I told his dad uh, and I told Nigel, you're going to be one of, one of the highest, you know, profile uh, transfers in the country. He first team, all big 12. Um, I thought he would end up back in, the, the Midwest and, you know, Purdue, Ohio state, somewhere there, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I think in the long run and I, I can't blame him, you know, if you get a great package like he did, you know, that's um, so be it. And it's, and hopefully a good program, good situation. For well, Bruce, the thing I see is, is uh, this was set up. So uh, players who were on the teams could see about, making some money while they were at school. What has turned into is an inducement to bring people, to make people move, and, and the inducement being the money's coming uh, as a promise before they even get there. It looks to me like some of the guys will re- that are attracted to go are going to make more money than players who are already on the team and were already starters. Yes, yeah, there's no doubt. I think you got it. You hit it right, and again, it's that complication to the residual factors that ha- happen when you make these rules. And, and that's the thing coaches have said all along, uh, you know, when you, you start paying the players and now they all don't get the same money. Are you going to be happy right away after Nigel Pack signed that deal? Their, their best player at Miami said, wait a minute. I, <laughs> uh, what about me? You know? So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it'll be interesting, but uh, I don't think 
and I, and I'm all for look. First of all, Lauren, I really believe we haven't done a great job, and I've told the NCAA people, I've, I've told other, we haven't done a great job of explaining to people that our our players were making pretty good money. Our players that were on full Pell, that got their their scholarship check, that got you know for cost of attendance, all that stuff, they were making twenty five twenty to twenty five thousand a year plus school, all food. You know, when the I still laugh when the kid from UConn after the Final Four said he went to bed hungry. <laughs> I promise you, none of my players at SIU, none of our players at Purdue, none of our players at Illinois or K State ever went to bed hungry. If they did, it's their fault because there's so much food out there. They they can walk in our facility and and grab sandwiches and and yogurt and nuts and what I mean. It's just, I mean, I would take it home. You know, just to be honest and. Um, you know, so it's just, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, they, I don't think we've done a good enough job explaining that. And I'm for letting, if, like you said, if a player does well and he can make a little money off his name, I'm okay with that, but not a somebody coming in that hasn't done it. I think you saw it in some of the football situations, uh, this, this fall. And, and my question and talking to, you know, some ADs and some people in the business, is this sustainable? Are people, you know, I know they've got all these conglomerates and committees uh, at different schools that are fundraising, you know, but if you give this money to the Oklahoma quarterback and he doesn't even start, uh, you know, are you going to be, as a businessman, are you going to be happy doing that every year? Talking to Bruce Weber, a couple more minutes. Let's go to Jim, who's in the car somewhere on I-74, wants to say hi to Coach Weber. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, Coach, I've always appreciated and respected your style can you can you before you leave i i'd like you to take us through the 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 i think the final big 12 tournament press conference that you spoke at about the ncaa tournament it was the, the press conference about why you didn't cut your hair and i thought it was really weird how it, well how it kind of ended because i'm like well now now it's going to get you know the nitty-gritty we're, we're going to get you know the reporters are going to follow up with questions and I thought it was really weird. It's like you made this impassioned speech, and I thought it was great, and I loved it. And I'm like, man, well, there's a lot of questions to be asked now. And they're like, oh, okay, thanks a lot, Coach Weber. We'll we'll see you later. So I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask the question. I'm gonna ask the question, Coach Weber, because I love you, man, and I respect you, and I miss you at SIU, and I miss you at Illinois. Let let's let's talk about names. I mean, who are I, I want to know. Who, who, who are the big cheaters out there? Names, but I think I surprised. Well, they have a limited time on the press conference at tournament, and I and the the I knew what was happening. To be honest, I knew what was going on. It was the end, and um, I had thought about this for a while. And um, I actually it started the year before. Um, you know, during COVID, uh, we would we had some friends, some neighbors that we sat at the fire. And, you know, because you couldn't do anything else. You measured six feet and you sat there and had a glass of wine at night. So you had some socialization. And, and one of my friends, I'm on the, as I said, I'm on the ethics committee. And, and they kept telling us, hey, we're going to get the schools, um, you know, we had these calls. And, and I would like, I believed them. I thought it was going to happen. And um, so I told these, you know, friends and that. And the one guy just kind of joked. He said, let's grow our hair until they do. And, 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 uh, you know, he, he, I didn't, I finally cut mine a year ago and then I had to cut it again. My grandkids were, I, I didn't, I didn't think I could do a ponytail. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, 
uh, you know, it, it, everyone kept asking about my hair. So, and that was why I did it. I did it. You know, part of it was at COVID at the start because I didn't go to a barber, but um, and and I was afraid to have my wife cut it. And and then, uh, you know, part of it then was the you know just kind of talking with friends and and just kind of going with that and making a commitment to it. And you know, I you know now is it going to happen? Because really, with the NIL cheating is legal now there is no cheating you can you can pay players now so um you know for me i made a commitment my whole life to try to do it right i'm not perfect by any means if i bought somebody mcdonald's probably you know along the way i you know you know everyone does some little things but uh we all run stop lights or late you know go through yellows or go a little faster 78 and a 75 or whatever but um you know the the guys that people knew and and you know you had them on tape and when that didn't change i i don't think it's good for our business and especially for the young coaches coming up because that's the only thing they knew and they want to you want to survive you want to make money and stay in the business that's what that's what a lot of people have ended up doing coach did you have you we mentioned uh pack one of your players who transferred did you have any other uh k-state guys move on we had 11 oh whoa <laughs> wow Eleven players left. Yeah, and and um, you know it took a lot of time for me between going through all our stuff in the house and moving and helping Megan clean and get it all ready. Uh, probably I was we were working ten twelve hours a day for about two months or so. Um, but you know in between that I was you're getting calls. Everyone in the portal. Lauren brought it up. So every player, eleven players in the portal. They're all were being recruited by, you know, anywhere from three to seven to 10 schools. So they're all calling me and, uh, you know, to talk about them. So I was their agent, I guess. And, and then I had, I had to get jobs for seven coaches. So I had a full-time <laughs> job in between. And last week, uh, Tom Michael's son, Nate, it looks like he got a job. He was my video guy. Um, and he was my last coach. And our, our last, last couple of players about two weeks ago got school. So, um, I guess I was I, I felt relieved a little bit that uh, all our players got schools and um, and all the coaches were able to get some kind of job and, and you know I guess you can say you know our what what I my K State part we're moving we're pretty much done here. By the way, Bruce, uh, you need to come by Champagne and, and hand out some free ice cream one of these days. <laughs> That's right. I keep telling David Scholem we need to get a few coupons so I can give it out because everyone wants them, but they they don't want to do that. Well, I'll tell you what, that that place is still cooking, boy. I was by there the other day, and it still tastes good. (laughs) We haven't had it in a long time. Usually our kids get it. Well, we had it, for I think, for Christmas. Our kids usually get some shipped in. And uh, so we always get to enjoy it. But we'll we'll hopefully come by. we got a little more time right now. you know, and we're hoping to come by through Champagne, and uh, you know, we got family. I got sister, brother in Chicago, and and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in Indianapolis. So hopefully, we can get through Champagne and enjoy some custard cups. You mentioned uh, uh, finding coaches' jobs and such, and uh, former players and such, and one guy comes to mind that fits both those categories is Chester Frazier, and he's doing very well here for Brad Underwood. Yeah, you know, proud of Chester. You got, you know, I always talk about I, when I recruited, I would tell, you know, all guys want to play in the NBA. And I'd tell, you know, everyone doesn't have to play in the NBA. We got guys making 
half a million to almost a million dollars as assistant coaches. You got obviously Chester's done a great job. Jaron Howard has done a really good job. Um, Roger Powell, uh, Ryan Randall's with the Sun. Um, you know, D Brown is coaching. Uh, I mean, we got guys all over the place, and and really proud of them and how they worked up in the business. And um, you know, so it's uh, it's fun to watch them and feel like you know that's as a as a coach. Um, you know, Darren would always tell me, I, I thought Darren would be the best coach, but he just said, coach, you work too hard. I'm not doing this. So, <laughs> and, and, and I understand that, but you could always feel that, you know, Matt Painter was one guy, uh, you know, Conzo Martin, Link Darner, all these guys, you know, through the years, you could tell which guys wanted to be coaches. And, and they had that, uh, not only the work ethic, but the love of the game and the understanding of the game and, um, you know, it's proud to watch them move up in the business and, and happy for Chester and Sarah and, and their family. And, um, you know, he's, he, he was, you know, I gave him a start, recruited him, gave him a start and in the business. And hopefully he's a head coach down the road and he'll call me up and say, coach, come and watch practice. Cause I, I, I love to do that. Well, we appreciate your time. And I want to go back real quick to the, uh, to the coaches versus cancer opportunity for people to get some Illini memorabilia. It'll be a week from today, uh, tied into the uh, Jim Turpin estate sale. We appreciate you doing that, and uh, good to talk to you. We'll do it again soon. Yes, very good. And, and so some will be in, in that auction thing next week, and then and then as the fall comes out, we'll have probably some of this other stuff that some Illini fans that uh, have a little more money can maybe bid on and we can get some good money for the coach versus cancer. So appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, hope to be on sometime in the future. Well, Thank look, you. You bet. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Right. We'll keep care. getting the word out. It is 9:35. Need to take a break. We'll do that. and be back with more Illini Pella Saturday sports talk. Thanks to Bruce Weber. And we're back after this. It is 9:38. Illini Pella Saturday sports talk. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Dave Leak is our executive producer. As we head towards 11 o'clock, phone line open, 217-356-9397. Thanks to Bruce Weber for spending some time talking some basketball with us and uh, telling us about uh, the little auction he's got going or an opportunity to buy some of his Fighting Illini memorabilia that he's accumulated over the years at, at an estate sale next week. We'll be telling you more about that between now and then as well. Right now, we say good morning to uh, Jeff Rabjohns over in Indianapolis. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Terrific. How are you guys? Good. We thought we'd talk a little Big Ten sports uh, with a little Indiana flavor with you for a few minutes. Uh, What's the hot story over there right now? Is it uh, Indiana basketball recruiting, uh, Indiana football coming to try to bounce back from a disappointing year or what? I think the biggest thing right now in Indiana is the uh, preseason prognostications that have Indiana as a Big Ten favorite for uh, for basketball. Right. Um, I think that's the thing that's kind of dominated uh, people's attention, dominated uh, the message boards, dominated coffee shop talk. Uh, I think there's a lot of excitement, you know, with with basketball for Indiana. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis returning was was the the, the biggest piece of the puzzle for that. And I think people are pretty excited for basketball. There's probably more excitement, more message board chatter um, than really any season uh, in June going back to uh, 
probably Cody Zeller's sophomore season, 2012-13. So that's probably the number one sports store in the state of Indiana right now. Do you think the – those preseason uh, projections are accurate in this case. Sometimes for guys that, you know, cover a certain uh, uh, school as a beat reporter, sometimes you, you get a little lost in in what everybody else is thinking. But what, what are your thoughts about that way of thinking? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, they, 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 were, they were 324th last year in points produced from three-point range. Uh, that's obviously way down there. And it's one thing to look at three-point shooting percentage, um, which obviously is a factor. But another thing is, you know, how many points does a team produce from the arc? Um, Because sometimes you can shoot okay percentage-wise, but if you don't take very many, you're still really post-dependent or you're dependent upon driving and slashing. And I think the biggest question for Indiana is, you know, you know, can they get a lot better just as far as points produced from the paint or from 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 the three-point range? Excuse me. Because um, if not, they're going to have the same issues. People are just going to, you know, throw congestion at Trace Jackson Davis uh, and Race Thompson on the interior, uh, dare people to take shots, and, and, and Indiana is going to have some struggles. So I, I think they're clearly a top-four team, maybe top-three team. But I think, I think the question of how many points they can produce from the arc is, is a legit question. Um, you know, and, and obviously draft, uh, you know, guys who are staying in the NBA draft, that really impacted Michigan quite a lot. Um, you know, if, if, if Caleb Houston, um, Diabete, guys like that return, you know, Michigan's probably clearly a, a contender. I think with all the newcomers that Illinois brought in, I don't think there's any question Illinois is a contender for, for the Big Ten title as well. And they brought in some experience. Uh, Indiana's got a lot of experience, um, but they've got two freshmen, uh, Jalen Huchifino, five-star point guard, Malik Renault, five-star uh, power forward, who are going to be freshmen. Um, and, and Illinois definitely brought in a lot of uh, firepower with all the transfers who are coming in. So Illinois is definitely a contender as well. Um, Michigan State, you know, they've added some new pieces. I don't know. Did they add enough to contend for the title? I'm not convinced, but I'm not convinced I would sit here and say in June there's no chance either. So it, it's going to be interesting. Well, you know, when we talk about freshmen, I, I don't know, when, when Indiana comes up, I always think of Romeo Langford. Has, where did he rank among the, the best incoming freshmen that Indiana has attracted, in your view? Oh, he was, he was up there. Um, you know, I, I think he'd probably put in somewhere around, you know, at least in the top ten. You know, he, he wasn't better than Eric Gordon. He wasn't better than Cody Zeller. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wasn't better than Scott May. Mm-hmm. He wasn't better than Quinn Buckner, guys like that. But, but he was up there. Uh, he, he was certainly top ten. And he was very productive, but he went to Indiana at a time the roster overall wasn't that great. You know, I think sometimes when a team doesn't win, the player gets judged just on team accomplishments. And I think sometimes people forget that the top three freshman scorers in Power 5 basketball were Zion Williamson of Duke, R.J. Barrett of Duke, and Romeo Langford of Indiana. So Romeo himself was very productive, but Indiana just, you know, the roster wasn't set, um, you know, at that point in time for a freshman impact player to really change the fortunes of a whole, whole college basketball program. But uh, uh, Okay, well, he, but he hasn't really made it big in the, in the NBA either, has he? I mean, I shouldn't say either, but 
Hasn't he, would you say that he has been a disappointment so far in the NBA? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about disappointment. He's certainly struggled. He hasn't put it together yet at all. Okay. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's been with Boston, uh, uh, and now he's down in, in San Antonio. Um, you know, Boston, he, uh, I think he got, he had 11 starts, played 98 games so far in his, uh, in his career. Um, you know, and all of those starts came <clears throat> in his three seasons with Boston. Only averaged 3.6 points per game there. Only averaged 2.8 uh, points per game uh, with San Antonio. So, he, you know, he's, he's still, you know, trying to figure it out. And, you know, he was drafted. He was a lottery pick mainly because of his quickness and length. People thought he'd be able to defend three positions. And his defense has been solid. But in today's NBA, got to score. And, um you know, something like 3.8 points per game, that's not going to get it done. Uh, I'm going to switch you over to football real quick since we're kind of short on time here. Uh, new quarterback, uh, you got a guy from Missouri, Connor, is it Basilak? Basilak? Basilak. Basilak, okay. Uh, how, how does that, how does this, I mean, can they bounce back from that disaster last season? Yes, that is the question. And, um, I, I think I think they should be better. I think they should be better. I don't know how much better just yet. Um, I you know you have a new quarterback. You've got a new offensive coordinator. You're probably going to have a new uh, leading running back. Um, you, you have to replace a tight end who was you know now with Dallas Cowboys. You've got a pretty new receiving room. Um. You know, DJ is back from, from his injury, uh, the, the speedy wide receiver from Florida State. So if he's actually up to full speed, and obviously everybody knows there's a difference between he's healthy, he can play, and he's 100%. So I think the biggest question is, you know, with the receivers, is DJ up to 100% or something close to it? Does he have his speed back? Um, you know, I, I think the strength of their team is the secondary. You know, you, you return All-American like Taiwan Mullen and some other guys who have started for multiple seasons. They should be very good in the defensive secondary. Uh, you have to replace an NFL linebacker um, in, in, in the middle there. That's going to be a, a challenge. I think they've got pieces to be solid. Um, but it's a big season for them because they had the two seasons, back-to-back January Bowl games for the first time in program history. And then going into last year, you know, you had they had optimism, probably that had not been seen in at least several decades, right. maybe ever in the modern era. You know, people were expecting, you know, uh, uh, big wins and bowl games, and people were really expecting them. Hey, go up to Iowa. You know, I mean, there were people who thought they should win at Iowa, and I was mm-hmm. like, guys, come on. I mean, like they got a chance to win at Iowa, but Iowa doesn't lose a lot at home. But the optimism got real, real big, and. I actually thought the optimism got a little just um, uh, a little off the rails. Well, it was a big a game for Illinois, uh, Jeff, for that first game at Indiana. First Big Ten game, that is. And first game for yeah. Indiana. Yeah, first yeah. game for Indiana, right. Season opener. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's going to be a very big game. Um, but, I, but I think you know, Indiana does have the, the personnel to get back. I mean, certainly they have a better season. Um, but I, you know, some people are like, can they win seven, eight games? I, no, I don't think so. 
Uh, but I think they got a chance to get back to, you know, six wins and get back to a bowl season. That's where I think they're at, they're at right now. And, and I think one of the things that big picture is going to help Indiana is if they actually do what other conferences do and get rid of the divisions. Because, you know, everybody's seen how imbalanced the divisions are. The Big Ten East has won every Big Ten championship game. Yep. Recruiting rankings of classes over the past couple of years, one through six is the Big East, seven through 10, 12 is the Big Ten West. So I think I think that's the biggest thing. Moving forward for Indiana football, I think two things are really key. Can Tom Allen keep recruiting the way he is? And two, do the divisions go away? Jeff Rabjohns covers Indiana sports for 247sports.com. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Always good talking to you guys. Lauren, you take care of yourself, bud. We'll see you soon. All right. We'll be calling you. Absolutely. Bye-bye. That's Jeff Rabjohns. Appreciate uh, his time this morning. We uh, let off the uh, show with uh, Bruce Weber and uh, followed it up with Jeff Rabjohns. We're going to talk some Illinois basketball here in just a moment with uh, Kedrick Prince, who uh, covers Illinois from uh, the Quad Cities area, Quad Cities Times. And uh, Kedrick is with us on the telephone this morning. Good morning, Kedrick. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you this morning? We're chugging along here towards uh, 11 o'clock. And uh, what's new in your world? Uh, the uh, transfer portal, at least as far as Illinois is concerned, has kind of uh, been simmering, I guess. Dwindling. <laughs> <laughs> Cooling off, so to speak. There's still two open scholarships that could be used. What do you predict? What do you think Brad Underwood's going to do? Well, I just, you know, it's really weird, guys. I just found out just seconds ago before talking to you that, you know, from a really good, reliable source from Alina, Jacob Vanderson is supposed to be going to Duke. So, I mean, which would be good for him. Um, so, but it's, you know, this recruiting, this transfer portal, you know, I heard Coach Weber talk about it earlier. It's, this is different. I mean, it's definitely different. And, um, you know, but to answer your question about Illinois, um, you know, it was really good to see uh, Cody Ramey. I know there was some interest in Illinois, but I think going to Arizona is a good fit for him. I think he wanted the keys to run a program, and I don't think that was going to happen in Illinois with all the great talented guards that they have. So I just don't know if that was going to be a good fit for him, to be honest with you. But uh, I know Illinois is looking at a kid named Jalen Butts who is, uh, you know, former player of the year from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, he played at DePaul, 6'9 kid in the Western Kentucky. I'm not saying he's the first option, but I know he's somebody, you know, that they're looking at. And, you know, there's a secret, secret guy out there I heard, um, you know, from France. These 6'10 guys just found out about yesterday that, you know, they don't allow, I guess the staff don't want a lot of people to know about him because the way the recruiting world works, guys, as soon as you find out about a guy and then everybody else wants to get in, then you're battling for a kid. So, I mean, I heard Coach Jeff Alexander has a, a secret kid that could be a good possibility to fill up one of those scholarships. You know, and then yesterday I talked to a kid, high school kid. His name is Thomas Howell. He's a 6'10 kid um, from Pennsylvania. Uh, he's supposed to be visiting Illinois. Um either the uh, next weekend or or the weekend after. You know, Illinois will be battling Maryland and Northwestern for him. He's a 22 or 23 kid. He's still up, you know, debating right now, you know, what he wants to do. But uh, I know he has a Zoom call with Coach Underwood on Monday, he said. So, you know, just like we've all thought, you know, they're not going to get another big man. They're pursuing some, some good options out there. And, um, there has to be a right fit. Coach Underwood has always talked about that, and so is, 
you know, Sean Green and Brett Bielema. They, you have to be a good fit to play at Illinois, and, and that's what they're looking at. Back to what you uh, said at the very beginning, just to confirm that one of your sources is saying that Grandison is going to go to Duke. We know he visited there this week. Yeah, he's supposed to be making some announcement this morning pretty soon. So um, that's just from what I was supposed to I was told that he's supposed to be committing to Duke. How will he fit at Duke in your view? You know, I don't know. I, I think, what, you know, when I first saw Duke was on the list, I, my thought was go to a school where you can play because it's the same thing with, you know, with the transfer kids that the Illinois got. And I just mentioned with Courtney Ramey, you, when you're at that age, you want to go to a school where you know you're going to play. And I can assure you that that, that that was talked about. You know, when you're in high school, it's easy when you're 18 years old to say, okay, yeah, you may sit for a few games. Jacobs is, I believe, 23, 24 years old. So he's going to play there. And I think the way they run the system and the way Coach Underwood runs, I mean, he, you know, they spread the floor a little bit. And, you know, even though they threw the ball in the Kofi a lot, Jacob can shoot it. And I think he'll fit in well because he can, he's smart. And he's an excellent passer. And he's, he's been around and nothing rattles him. I think you're going to – I'm not saying he'll start, but he'll definitely be in the rotation. I mean, I don't think he will go to a school and sit. And knowing the fact that this is his, you know, his final stop – you know, I thought he was going to go back out west where he's from, but Duke must have offered something to him big time. Well, they must have convinced him that he has a, a slot in that rotation because they do have some incredible freshmen coming in, and I don't think he can play all freshmen. I mean, I think you need to mix it up a little bit, and I'm probably—I would imagine that at least in the beginning of the season, they'll they'll probably have a pretty deep rotation, and he'll—I'm surely—I'm sure he'll be in it, but. Do you know as far as his shoulder, has he fully recovered from that? Yes. I mean, I heard he's fully recovered. I mean, the the, the injury healed and he's good to go. But like you said, Lauren, I mean, he'll come in and, you know, there's some young kids. But like Illinois, Illinois has some young kids and you also have a mix of veterans and it's kind of nice to have that. And Jacob, you know, we've all been around him. He's easygoing. He's smart. You know, Coach Underwood liked him and, and what he brought to the table and I think it's a good get for Duke because they are young. And then, you know, the way he plays and how well he can shoot it, and he's an excellent passer, like I mentioned earlier, I can definitely see him in, being in the rotation. When you when you have guys that old and who's been around a long time, it's hard to beat them out. That's why last year, if you look at the Illinois roster with DeMonte Williams and Trent Frazier, yeah, it would have been nice to see RJ play more and Luke Goody, but they were playing behind guys that were 22, 23 years old. And yep. that's why I think he'll play. You know, when you bring guys in like that, you know, or even uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., those kids are going to play. They're not going to come to a program and sit. I know NIL is a big part of it, but they're not going to sit. Another couple of minutes with Kedrick Prince. You've been watching uh, Ty Rogers and the uh, USA under-18 team uh, play down in Mexico? Yeah, you know, I, you know what's good about that? When I just, you know, I learned uh, yeah, a couple of days ago, and I didn't think about this. I heard your guest on from Indiana a few, a few minutes ago. Ty Rogers is the only Big Ten kid, I think, on the roster. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, be, so that should tell you something. And, you know, when I when Illinois first landed Ty Rogers, you know, when you, you know, they beat out Michigan and Michigan State, even though Michigan State was probably leading at one point until Coach Anderson came in and worked his magic. I think that's great for Ty. I think it was great when Io DeSumo did it. I think it, it showed it's good for a program, it's good for the kids. Uh, to play against the, you know different talent, to play with talented kids on a roster like that, so I think it's a good situation for him. And you know, and 
you know, he brings a lot of things different to the table. I did a radio show last week, and someone asked me to compare him to someone. I, you know, I'm not. He's not Magic Johnson, so I don't want people to think that I'm saying that. But his stat sheet is capable of being like that. When he's going to be a sophomore in college, this kid could he'll eventually put up triple doubles because he can rebound. He thinks pass first, and he can score. And I think, you know, once he fits in a system, and in this team you don't see that. But I can definitely see why, which we all saw him do it in high school, why he can put up those kind of numbers and why Illinois likes him. Because I don't think he's going to put up 25, 30 points a game in, in those tournament games over there. But he's capable of defending and rebounding and getting enough points and making everybody else better. That's the thing I, I'm really impressed with. And he takes pride in guarding. He loves to play defense, and we all know if you can't play defense at Illinois, you're not going to play for Coach Underwood. So do you think the um, the Pete Nance boat has sailed as far as Illinois is concerned? I think there's a small, small chance. I mean, I've heard a lot of positive vibes from me from, from Gonzaga. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not going to change. But I know when Drew Timmy went back, I know that kind of changed things. And like we, you know, we've talked about earlier, you know, you want to go somewhere you can play, and I know he would be nice to be on the Illinois roster. I think that would be great. I think personally, if he went to Illinois, I think they instantly become a top five team in the country. But you look at his situation, I think he wants to play the four. I don't think he wants to see any part of the five, even though that's what he really is, is a five, I think. You know, then you got, you know, Matthews, and then you got Coleman Hawkins, you got Dane Danger. It's a lot of minutes to try to divide up with a bunch of skilled players at that position. Is there a chance? Yes, it's a really, really slim one. I know they're still, I know they're still fighting for him, and I know they still would like to put him on the roster, which would be nice. And I know uh, his father, Larry Nance, who played in the NBA for 13 years, has a good relationship, and his brother was Coach Anderson. So you know, with Tim's around, you're always going to have a chance, you know, when it comes to recruiting because they're good. Jeff Alexander and Chester, they're all really good at, at their jobs. So yes, there is a chance still. Kendrick, we appreciate your time, as always, Quad City Times and IlliniGuys.com. We'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. It is 9.58. That uh, puts the wraps on hour number one of Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break. Be back with hour number two. The phone lines will still be open, 217-356-9397. Stay with us. We're back after this. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back, everybody, to hour number two of the show. Busy first hour with uh, former Illini basketball coach Bruce Weber joining us for uh, quite a while there. We also talked to uh, Jeff Rabjohns, who covers Indiana. 
and Kedrick Prince, who covers the Fighting Illini over in the Quad Cities. Kicking off hour number two is a familiar name to high school basketball fans throughout the uh, state of Illinois, a legendary name, if you will, member of the Illinois Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame, Jay Scheidler from Lawrenceville is on the line with us. Good morning, Jay. How are you doing? Good morning, fellas. How are you doing this morning? This gorgeous Illinois morning, man. It's great. It is. Uh, hopefully you've got some golf in your uh, plans today, perhaps, to get outside <laughs> and uh, enjoy the weather. Gosh, I'd love to play, but I can't play anymore. My my body just can't take it anymore, but I'd love to be out there. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> this is Lauren. Good to hear from you, Jay. <laughs> hey, Lauren. It's an honor to talk to you, man. It's It's been a long, long time, and, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk with you this morning. Well, b- back in the day, you were known as the Blonde Bomber, and you've got a book out now the, called uh, Blonde Bomber, A Ride with Shide. Let's go back to that blonde part of that uh, bomber. How did that all get started? Oh, <laughs> uh, boy, that's the first time I've had that question. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> uh, that started, uh, I had some hair issues growing up, as a lot of, a lot of teenagers do, I guess. Um, but uh, it originated, my, my mom's beautician uh, suggested putting some, some this concoction on my hair, I, for lack of a better term. Uh, and it would take the oil. My hair was real oily, and she said it would take the oil out, but she failed to mention that it would also take the color out. Mm-hmm. So after about – I started doing that when I think I was in about the fifth or sixth grade. And um, after after four or five years of doing that uh, once a month, um, I had no color left. It was just completely white. So uh, um, I didn't mind it. I mean, I thought it looked good. I didn't really do it for that purpose. Uh but as it turned out, you know, it was it was a pretty uh, a pretty good move on my part, I guess. So, Lauren, you won't need to do it now because he said <laughs> it's t- too late. <laughs> turned it white. Yours is already white. <laughs> I'm afraid so. Well, Jay, I, I just uh, I read your book yesterday. I I, had a lot, I thought it was terrific. I, of course, I'm 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 interested in in the old uh, Ron Felling years back there when the the Scheidlers and the Leasties and those guys and. 55 points in one game, 55, and you is it true now, I read this, you can confirm that you could have scored on a free throw and a basket late in that game to break your brother's record, but you decided to just to stop on 55 and, and tie Dennis. Is that right? That, that's true, Lauren. Um, you know, I was, as I stated in the book, I was in attendance the night that my brother got 55, and and I was I was I was so proud and so excited, you know, for him and everything. And and uh, when, when that time came that night against Fairfield uh, here at Lawrenceville, um, uh, I, I knew how many points I had. And and, and it, the thought ran through my mind: How cool would it be for both of us, me and my brother, to hold that record? So um, I, I I decided to. To go that route, and and uh, yeah, I had an opportunity to uh, to I think hit the, the the back end of a one-on-one to break it. Um, I bricked the free throw, and uh, we somehow got the offensive rebound, and they got it back to me, and I was under the basket, and I went up and 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 bricked bricked the layup. So uh, <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of questionable, you know. People were asking me, even Coach Felling, that you know, kind of quoted after the game, and they kind of knew that I did it on purpose. Of course, I denied it at the time, but uh, you know, I just, you know, I had so much pride and so much 
uh, uh, I, I love my brother so much, you know, and everything. And I just thought it would just be really neat for us both to, to have the record. So that's why I did that. Talking to Jay Scheidler, we do have the telephone lines open. Let's go to Jim in Champaign with a question or a comment. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, good morning. Uh, hi, Jay. I, hi, Jim. How you doing? Pretty good. I was going to ask two questions, and then I'll hang up uh, and let you answer them. Uh, one, I was wondering how Felling's health is, and have you seen him lately? Okay. And then two, can you name two of your favorite players when you were at Lawrenceville? Okay. Uh, the first question uh, with with uh, Coach Felling's health, he's – you know, he's 81 now, and I just saw him about uh, three weeks ago. We had uh, – we have a uh, – in Lawrenceville, they have a, a golf scramble uh, fundraiser for Marty Simmons, uh, a former Lawrenceville high school player and, and All-Stater and All-American, great player. And uh, we have a fundraiser for his, his daughter. Marty's daughter has some uh, some issues. But I saw Coach then, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to see Coach uh, on the 22nd of this month. Uh, we're going to meet uh, in Washington, Indiana for dinner, and, and so I'll be, I'll be able to, to spend some time. I think Rick Lacey will be there with us, too, so we try to get together as as, as, as often as we can. Uh, but, you know, other, other than uh, him being 81, and, you know, of course, I mean, he does have some health issues. He's got some eye issues and stuff, but... Uh, uh, other than that, I mean, he's great. He's still coach, you know. He still, you know, holds court wherever he is, and and uh, people are always, you know, uh, uh, interested to be around coach and hear the stories and stuff like that. But you know, coach, coach is an amazing person, um, and I and I and I love him to death still today. So, um, but you know, he's he's doing pretty good. Um, my favorite uh, players, uh, of course, my best friend in high school was a teammate of mine, Dave Hesher. Uh, who was also uh, he was a sophomore on our '74 state uh, state championship team, um, and then he was kind of our he was our leader uh, our senior year in '76 when we finished third. But you know Dave was a great player, uh, uh, an intelligent player. He was our floor general, um, kind of ran the show. Uh, but he he was one. Well, all of my teammates actually, you know, I mean, they were all great from high school to 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 college. Um, all of my teammates were just unbelievably fantastic people. Uh, uh, all of them of good character, and and um, you know it was just an honor and a, and a pleasure to be able to to be surrounded by such great people. Hey Jay, let's talk about your Kentucky years, and, and especially that I, I was interested in that very first game you got twenty against Indiana, but everything didn't always pan out as well as you had hoped. Particularly I get the fracture to start your uh, sophomore year, huh? That that probably was uh, seemed like something happened at the beginning of every year that kind of set you back. Yeah, um, I, I, you're right, Warren. Um, you know, it was uh, I I did kind of have uh, I hit the ground running, so to speak, when I when I went to to Kentucky and and was able to earn a starting spot and and uh, three games into my college career was the game at Bloomington uh, where I probably had my best game of my college career when I got 20 against Indiana when we beat the uh, defending national championship or champions on, on their home court. Um, but, yeah, it just did seem kind of like uh, in the beginning of each year uh, something would happen or, or something would go awry and, and, and would kind of knock me two steps backwards. But, uh, you know, it was tough, you know, to say the least. It was, it was tough because breaking my foot my sophomore year, the second day of practice, you know, of course I lost my starting position and, and never really recovered from that. 
Um, uh, but you know, I, I, I had a decent career at Kentucky and, and of course I didn't, I didn't really contribute in my mind like I thought I could. Uh, but you know, that's, that's, that's life sometimes, you know, and, and, and I accepted that and, and, but I was, you know, fortunate to be on some great teams at Kentucky and especially in 1978 when we won the national championship. And you played for Joe Hall and I was interested in the book and the fact that Joe got on you pretty good, rode you at times, and and uh, I know that you tried to to discuss it with him, and even right up to his deathbed, he never really explained to you his feelings, did he? I mean, how would you explain your relationship with Hall? Well, it was it was kind of tough at times, um, uh, you know, just going through some of the stuff that I did, and and and. You know, it's, I mean, we got along. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time in coach's office, uh, not because I was in trouble or anything. It's just, you know, we, we, we had that kind of relationship where I could go in and sit and talk to him. But, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't really know. And, and uh, the last time I saw him, I was, I was hoping to get some answers. Um, but it was a situation where I just really didn't feel comfortable with bringing the past up. Um but uh, I, you know, and and now uh, since he's he's passed away this past January, um, I, I'll never really know the the complete story or, or get the answers that I was looking for. But you know, when I left that day, uh, we we kind of um, we kind of made amends. Um, I, I could tell in his you know in his eyes and and the way he uh, responded to me that uh, um, you know he was uh, we, we had made amends and 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 left it at that on, on good terms um uh, but it was tough you know it was tough he was on me a lot and and uh, a lot of times i i couldn't understand why um and and like you said you know i never really got answers to why but uh you know that's life sometimes you accept it and you go on and you move on and and uh you know hope that things uh turn out okay talking to Jay Scheidler. I was in Lexington just a few years uh, before you did, earlier in the 70s. I was working in radio there. Matter of fact, I did high school games for Bryan Station High School and Henry Clay High School. They had a couple of players there that were teammates of yours, Jack Givens and James Lee. And uh, that was quite a roster you guys had back at that time with Rick Roby, Mike Phillips, Kyle Macy on that team as well that went on to win the national championship. What do you remember about those guys? Jack Givens, Turned out to be one of my favorite all-time players at Kentucky. Yeah, uh, great guys. Those four seniors we had in '78, Rick and Mike and Jack and James, were were perfect people to be in that leadership role. You know, the upperclassmen, and because they had been there before. You know, they had gone through everything as freshmen. They got beat in John Wooden's last game in the in the championship game in '75. They won the NIT in '76. And then I came in in 77, and we probably really had a good chance of winning a national championship uh, uh, that year. Um, got beat by North Carolina in the, in the region finals and then went on to win it the next year. But uh, those, those 13 guys, teammates that I had on that team, were the most incredible 13 individuals I, I've ever been around in, in my entire life. I mean, just nothing but class, character, um, and, 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 you know, that, that makes a difference, you know, when, when you all get along and you're all working for, for a common goal and everything we, and like I said, we couldn't have had better leaders than, than those four guys, but, uh, it was, it was an amazing experience, uh, uh, just being at the university of Kentucky and the way their, 
way their program is looked at and, 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 and looked up to by the fans and everything. It was just an awesome experience. And then, you know, to go ahead and win it, you know, that was that was the highlight of, of, of my life. You were drafted by the Bulls in the ninth round in 1980. Did you uh, did you go on and play any professional ball? Um, not in the states. I, I did. Uh, I did play overseas for one year in Edinburgh, Scotland, which was uh, was a great experience. Uh, getting to travel around the the world, so to speak, and 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 play ball, play do something that you love to do, and 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 get paid for it too. Um, it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I couldn't ask for a better uh, a better life, you know, up to that point. Um, and uh, you know, I was just. I was just lucky to be in the right place at the right time, so to speak. Let's go to uh, the phones again. Jeff in Tolono for Jay Scheidler. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, good morning, Jay. I really enjoyed watching you uh, play, particularly in your high school years uh, growing up, um, and particularly during the state tournament. And I was kind of, of course, as an Illini fan, was hopeful that uh, you'd sign with the Illinois program. But I was wondering, uh, how close uh, was Illinois to your to your thoughts uh, for college, or was it Kentucky pretty much a, a no-brainer for you? Well, um, I didn't really give much thought to uh, going to the U of I. Um, they were kind of going through some some struggles with the program at that time. Um, Coach Henson was trying to get them back on track and everything, but I just didn't feel like it was a program uh, for me. Um, and and Kentucky came into the in, into the light uh, relatively late in in my senior year. Um, I had seen them play. I knew of the program, of course. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I really didn't up until I made the visit to Kentucky uh, in the spring of of '76. Um, I really didn't know where I was going to go to school. Um, IU was on the. Pretty much the top of the list, and 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 uh, things kind of fizzled out late in the recruiting pr- uh, process. Then, and and I made the visit to to, to UK and uh, just fell in love with the place and and got to know the players uh, that were going to be back um, the following year if I did decide to go there. And and I just felt like that the Kentucky was going to be my best opportunity to be able to win a championship, which was basically what I wanted. You know, I, I, I had always been associated with a winner at Lawrenceville and I just wanted to continue that and be with a winning program, um, you know, in college and have a chance to win a championship. And that was, that was the main, main reason for uh, signing with UK. Anything else, Jeff? No, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate the call. I, I know that you um, didn't make your decision until late, but Jim Turpin and I, drove down to Lawrenceville to see you play when you were a senior, and uh, uh-huh. Felling took care of us. He was just great, you know, and we went back in his locker room and before the game, and and, and, and Jim and I sat down, and the game started, and all of a sudden I looked up, and I, and we thought that maybe Illinois had a chance to get you, and I lo- we looked up, and four guys in four elder, not elderly, four mature men in brown suits came walking in. I said, who are those guys? And they said, oh, they're from Kentucky. I said, well, Jim, I know where he's going. <laughs> that actually happened. Now, I, I could have been wrong. You could have wound up somewhere else. But when I saw those four guys from Kentucky, I thought, oh, brother, those weren't coaches. Those were, those were just men. You know, those were just, those were just donors and, and backers of the Kentucky program. So right, yeah, they uh, they they made their presence known, you know, and uh, it was it was you know it was uh, it was quite an experience, you know, for those guys to show up, and 
they showed up a couple of times. Uh, they would bring a motor home. Uh, they would all <laughs> and, and uh, you know, park it in the parking lot of the high school and come to the game. And then, of course, you know, Felling would always treat them to a nice time. Uh, oh, yeah. After the game, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, it was. It was uh, it was a great experience, and 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 uh, uh, those guys uh, showing that kind of interest. You know, how can you how can you say no to something like that? How would you have done? How would the blonde bomber have done with nil opportunities? You think Ooh, you'd have been okay man. with that? Oh. Golly, is there any way we can get that retroactive? <laughs> <laughs> you'd be a lot richer than you are now. I'll tell you that. Oh my gosh, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, of course we didn't think about it back then or anything like that, but uh it would have been uh it would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see how that would have played out. So, had you been thinking uh, for a while about writing a book? How did that come about? Well, um I the thought came in my head probably around 20 years ago. Um I had I had with just being out with friends or, or family or, or, or gatherings or anything, you know, one thing would lead to another. And, and I might, you know, tell a little bit about what went on at UK or, or high school or this and that. And, and, uh, uh, everybody that I would talk to or that would be listening, you know, would every person to a man would say, dude, you've got to write a book, you know? And, and, um, so in, in, uh, about 20 years ago in the year 2000, I, I decided that I was going to do that. I sit down at the computer and I just didn't have that sort of discipline to sit there at the computer and do it myself. I made it through about a page and a half and then I set it aside and uh, decided to hold off on it. But I was talking to with a friend of mine, uh, about two years ago now, I guess. And, um, he was a football player at UK when I was there and just happened to mention to him that, uh, I, uh, was thinking about writing a book and we had a mutual friend that I hadn't seen in probably 40 years since I got out of college. Uh, he had done, he had done some writing. And, uh, so Greg, the football player, uh, got us together, uh, me and Paul, Paul Corio, the, the gentleman that, uh, ended up helping me write the book. And, um, you know, we just sat down one day and, and just, just was kicking around some stories and this and that, and things started to, to, to piece together. And, and uh, 18 months later, we uh, we had our product, and and uh, I think I think we did a good job of covering everything and and putting everything uh, that I felt needed to be said or or in the book, and it turned out pretty good. The book is called "The Blonde Bomber: A Ride with Shide." Want to check it out? Go to uh, blondebomber25.com. It's available wherever you uh, find books these days. And uh, what's been keeping you busy over the years? Oh, gosh, I've done so many things since I quit playing uh, when I got back to the States after playing uh, overseas in 82. Um, I did a number of things. I never really, you know, I fell into the to the, the, the trap of, of thinking that I was going to be a professional athlete of some sort. And, and even growing up, I mean, uh, I, I, nothing but athletics interested me, you know. Um, I was a good student. I was a smart person. I mean, I made straight A's, you know, and everything. But, you know, it was just I never really landed on or thought about a career, so to speak, of what I wanted to do with my life. And, and um, so uh, uh, it was kind of tough. Um, I, I did so many different things. I was a car salesman. I was a stockbroker for three years. I worked in in bars and managed bars and restaurants and dining rooms and, 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 and hotels. And, and, and I mean, you name it, I did it. 
um, just out of out of survival. You know, I mean, not, nothing that I ever really did was uh, uh, amounted to a career. But uh, you know, like I said, I just uh, I just never really had uh, an, an interest, so to speak, of of you know a career that I wanted to go into. I just always thought that I would be involved in the athletics in some way or another. Let's take one more call for Jay Scheidler. It comes from Jacksonville, Florida. Mark, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, it's an honor to speak to you guys and Jay Scheidler. Jay, uh, when I was a high school kid, I think I was just a senior, I remember riding up to see you play. as You were a legend at that time uh, from my little hometown on a motorcycle. We came up to see you play a home oh, game in Lawrenceville and wow. then saw you play in the state tournament. And compared everybody had to compare to you as a shooter. And for years and years, I'd say you were the greatest shooter I ever saw. Wow, I appreciate that. I mean, that's 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 saying something right there. I appreciate that so much. Well, you're welcome, buddy. I've seen thousands of players, but you were the best shooter I ever saw. You know, I I wow. think that you know when you had 157 points in the state tournament, that set the record. Uh, what happened to your shooting at, at Kentucky? You weren't that good a shooter all the time. You had some slumps at Kentucky. How how would you explain that? Well, I, you know, I I don't really think I can. Um, I uh, I had some shooting shooting issues um, after my freshman year at Kentucky, and uh, went through some slumps. And I had never experienced that really before. So uh, when that started happening, I I, I did lose a little. Um, not a little, maybe a lot, maybe a lot of self-confidence, um, which I had never experienced before. I mean, I knew I could shoot it, but uh, when it doesn't go in, you know, the things start running through your mind that uh, is probably not good, you know, and because uh, I I tend to to try even harder, and which might not be the best best road to go, but. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a great career. I think I ended up for my career at Kentucky shooting about overall for four years, maybe around forty five percent from the field um, and about eighty two, eighty three from the line. But yeah, I mean, for a shooter, you know, um, and you and it, it, when it doesn't go in, you know, you start questioning yourself. At least I did, and uh, that that was probably uh, probably not 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 a good thing. <laughs> I want to ask you about your relationship with, with members, particularly Givens and some of your close friends. I know some years back you, you wrote in the book that you were down, you know, you felt like you had a, maybe a little depression and, and things weren't going well. And, and your player, when you met with your players, and they, it seemed to me that they brought you back and, and put you back on the right uh, level again. What do you, what's your reaction when I say that? Oh, you're you're absolutely right. You know, I had I had I had suffered and endured so much that uh, was not going my way over forty years or so after quit you know st- uh, quitting playing um, that uh, you know I, I just I just couldn't understand why why it was going on and um, yeah I was I was uh, in a state of depression and. Um, was honestly, you know, about to just, you know, give it up and, and, um, you know, uh, incredibly, uh, Jack and Jack Evans and, and Kyle Macy showed up at my door, uh, one morning and, um, I was just so shocked that they, that they, uh, that they were there and that they were reaching out, you know, they, they, uh, 
um, knew that I was going through some stuff and, and, uh, you know, we talked for about an hour or so in my apartment and, and, uh, a lot of tears shed on my part and, and, but they, uh, and even then, you know, when they, both of them, uh, looked me in the eye and said, you need to write a book, um, because they knew of some of the stuff that went on at Kentucky that, uh, was kind of unexplainable. And, and they, they both said that they felt like that, uh, I was, I had to go through so much and endure so much that that uh, no other player had really suffered through, and and uh, they said you know people people would want to hear that story and people want to know about that and and want to hear that and they were the final inspiration for me uh, to go ahead and 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 put this book out and uh, I'm so grateful that they showed up that day because I'm I'm really not sure. Warren, if, if, if they hadn't have showed up, I'm really not sure if I'd be talking to you today. Hey, Jay, we appreciate your time. Again, the book is Blonde Bomber, A Ride with Shide. Thanks for taking time with us. A very interesting conversation and an interesting book indeed. Yeah, it brought back a lot of memories, uh, Jay. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about it. And, and I hope the people, that if they get the book, they enjoy the book and and take something away from the book because I, you know, I, I'm a little biased. I think it's a good story, but uh, you know, I hope they get it and read it and enjoy the book and take something away from it. But uh, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity this morning to talk about it. And and uh, again, Lauren, it's a, it's an honor for me to talk to you, man. Hey, and say hello to Felling and also to John Sapini for us, okay? I will. I certainly will. All righty. Thank, Thank you, you, Jay. We appreciate it. All right, guys. God bless you. You too. That's Jay Scheidler with us. High school legend in the state of Illinois, a member of the uh, Illinois Basketball Coaching uh, Coaches Association Hall of Fame, elected in 1982, 1974 state championship team. His teams in high school were 103 and 15. <laughs> <laughs> they won most of them. You know, they got the, it, when he was a junior, I think I'm right on this, I, I think it was his junior year that he was. Um, in double A, they had 17 too many students, mm-hmm. and that year they won some big games, but they got beat in uh, early by Mount Carmel, I believe, in the and way down in the regional maybe. Uh, so they didn't get very far that year, even though they had a very good, they got upset. Yeah, they had a really good team that year, but they were a double A. The their championship was in the in the single A. He scored uh, 2,183 points in high school. Yeah. At, uh, Lawrenceville, Jay Scheidler, the book again, Blonde Bomber, A Ride with Scheid. Moving up on uh, the bottom of the hour, we'll take a break and be back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take your calls if you have any. Stay with us. We're back after this. It is 1033, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. He's Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We're with you until 11. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Thanks to Bruce Weber, Jeff Rabjohns, Kedrick Prince, and Jay Scheidler as our guests so far. And our cleanup hitter comes to you from Savoy, Illinois, the director of golf at the U of I Orange and Blue Golf Courses in Savoy. Mike Walner joins us for a few minutes. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing? I feel honored to be on this show following Jay Seidler, man, and Bruce Weber. Got some, got some Hall of Famers ahead of you there. You had a better jump shot than Seidler, didn't you? Jay, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was, you know, 11 years old when he was playing, watching him play, and, man, uh, I remember that very well. 
Yeah, he was a hero to a lot of uh, a lot of young kids during that time. That was before I moved to the state of Illinois, but I was certainly aware of his exploits and being a Kentucky graduate myself and him coming along to Kentucky not too long after I left, I was very familiar with him as well. But I want to talk uh, golf with you a little bit. Good day for golf. Head on down to the orange and blue. But coming up next week is the uh, U of I Open, as always, on uh, Father's Day weekend with the U.S. Open in most cases. Uh, How are the sign-ups going? What are you expecting? Well, we're going good. We're in the, like, over 60 people signed up right now, and We'll probably get somewhere around 90, I'm going to guess. That's usually been the number we've been at the last few years, which, you know, we're pretty happy with that, with an individual event. Obviously, those are, you know, people prefer the two-man events, obviously a little bit more than the individuals, but we got a pretty strong field, and we're looking forward to it. What, um, I don't want, want to put you on the spot in case you're not 100% sure, but what year is this for the U of I Open? I believe we started, it started in 1950. Wow. And I know there were two years that they did not have it. Uh, one year the in the mid-60s, I think, the Greens died. They didn't have it. And then just a few years ago, we we got a COVID, COVID-ed out because we were <laughs> on restrictions and couldn't play it. We decided to go with the um, better ball in the Players' Cup instead to try to fit them all into a – a short window there, but to my knowledge, there's only been two that there haven't there haven't been. So, you know, in the fifties for sure. Well, who's the who in your mind might be the favorite in this year's that event? My question. I want to know besides Kelly, who's All right? The... Uh, well, you know, we've got Josh Anderson from Banner Country Club. He's the uh, current champion. He won. Uh, he won last year. Um, we've got. I'm, Sure, uh, David Keenan's going to sign up, and he's a really good player in the area. Uh, we've got usually Derek Meinhart from down in Mattoon, Charleston, a couple guys from Lincolnshire, Dan Pat Kunis, Kyle Skoll. Those guys usually, you know, play very well. CG Facer, you know, some guys like that that are. Jay Scott just signed up this morning. He's actually a former champion. So. Yeah, we have a pretty David Deschler. He's another former champion. Joe Thompson, he'll be playing. He's a former champion. So we've got several of those in there. But uh, we'll, um, you know, we'll have a nice, uh, nice field. I wonder how many times the Thompson name has been on that trophy over the years. I know Joe could probably tell us for sure, but uh, several. Well, it's really ironic in our in our newsletter that we put out every month. My, I've been doing a little trivia question, and uh, I'll give the answer away today. But I, my question was, how many times has Jim Thompson won it? The late Jim Thompson. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Jimmy from, you know, he was one of the best local players in the area for many years. But the answer for him would be zero. He never did win the U of I Open. He won pretty much everything else. He won the Better Balls, Twin City Players Cup, the Not Not Lake of the Woods, won everything, but he never did win the U of I Open, unfortunately. I don't, I don't suppose John Thompson won it either, did he? But he won the he won the Twin City. I'm not sure. I know John may have won it, but I don't think he did. I'd have to look at the trophy for sure on that one. Mm-hmm. But you know, Joe's won it a few times. You know, there's 
you know, Tim Haas Jr., he's won it five times. Clayton Parkhill's won it a bunch. You know, Meinhardt's won it. You know, so there's a lot of guys that are, you know, repeat champions or multiple champions, I guess. It's nice to get those guys uh, to come back and play in that, too, and some of them do, and, and make it a an annual stop on their uh, playing uh, calendar, really. Yeah, it is, and it's you know it's a little bit different than the Twin City, where it's not restricted to Champaign Urbana area only. So we've got, you know, Derek lives in Mattoon, and he can play, and you know it's just, you know, it's, it's always been a good field. It's always been strong, you know, and I think one of the things that we've done in the last few years, and may have probably been seven, eight, nine, ten now, is we have the senior division and the super senior, which you play the blue tees, which, you know, makes it a little more competitive for guys that are a little bit older. You know, that's just facts. I mean, you know, there's guys out there that, you know, want to play, but, you know, they realize, okay, can I beat uh, Josh Anderson in the 36-hole event playing some of the white tees on the orange? And probably the answer is no, but, they can compete in their own division in the blue tees and have a great time. And, you know, that's been a pretty significant change for us over the last 10 years of getting those tees in place for sure. So people need to be signed up by when? We get everybody signed up by, you know, Wednesday, you know, Wednesday evening at the latest, maybe Thursday morning. I'll put the tee sheet together, the tee times together on Thursday evening and, uh, Get them all posted on, uh, you know, on the in the newspaper and in our um, social media, Facebook and uh, website on uh, Thursday night or Friday morning. Okay, that's the U of I Open next weekend on the Orange Course. Mike Walner, thanks. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. You bet. Ten forty is the time. We'll take a break. Be back. Open line the rest of the way. Stay with us. Ten forty two. Hey, if you haven't been down and around game day spirit lately, the Illini Fan Store, you need to check it out. They're geared up for summer. They've got some new summer material there, summer merchandise, new arrivals, and restocks of your favorite brands like Nike, Champion, and much more. They've also got more than 60 buy one, get one styles on sale at gamedayspirit.com. New Nike arrivals in the store and online as well. Game Day Spirit, two uh, locations to uh, go into, one on campus, one on uh, South Neal Street. We've got a new uh, group of champion ladies' crop T-shirts available. Also, you can shop online for the buy one, get one T-shirts as well. Shop online now at gamedayspirit.com. Let's go to the phones, a couple of calls. Alan in uh, Montrose is with us. Go ahead, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, well, that's quite the show today with uh, Bruce Weber and Jay Scheidler. I remember the days of Jay Scheidler. I saw him play at the Super Sectional at uh, Charleston. I always called him the version of uh, high school version of uh, Rick Mount. Okay. Well, what do you what do you what do you suppose happened to him at Kentucky? Because he he never scored like that. I think the style of ball, if you recall. Uh, Lauren is really starting to play this slow-down ball and stuff, and I think that got him out of rhythm a lot. Well, I think uh, I think probably Macy beat him out at the position, maybe uh, at a guard position, but there was you still need two guards, and 
when you mentioned Rick Mount, I mean, he got better and better uh, through college. He didn't, not professionally, but in college, he was sensational. And uh, Scheidler, oh, yeah. Scheidler started out good. Of course, he did have the broken foot to start his sophomore year, and that threw him back. And he also had a problem to start his junior year as well. So th- there were there were things that developed that set him back. And I know he got sideways with Joe Hall. There's no question about that. And uh, and oh. Joe, you know, and that that just doesn't work. And and maybe and maybe part of it was his fault. You know. Can you imagine how many points he would have had if they had the three-point shot then? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not kidding. He would have had a lot. That might not have been the record. That record might not have been broken. Yeah, and the same thing for Mount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, That's Alan. All got, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Let's go to Rob in Champaign. Good morning, Rob. You're on Sports Talk. Go ahead. Hey, good uh, morning, guys. Uh, I was calling to make a comment. Uh, Dawson McGreeny made first team All-State in baseball, but for some reason the Illini Prairie Conference only put him second team, and he batted four eighty eight this season, which defies logic to me. Yeah, well, I, I can't explain it. I, I had no idea. Okay, well, I just wanted to share share that. Who yeah, pick who picks that? First team all st- well, the coaches the coaches of the conference pick um, all conference, and then the Illinois High School Baseball Coaches Association picks all state. Right. Okay, might be a question for yeah. them, but uh, yeah, I don't think we have the answer on that. But it is unusual, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about that. It just defies logic to me. Yeah, so sure does. I thought I'd get your your input. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Need to take a break. Marty, hang on. Other callers, hang on. We'll be back in uh, just a minute and continue the show. Stay with us. Ten minutes before 11 o'clock on Illini Pillow Saturday Sports Talk. A couple of calls on hold. Marty, down in Pinehurst. What's going on down there, buddy? Golf day down there, Steve. Wish you were here. By the way, great show, great people. Jay Scheidler brings back a lot of memories. Um, I grew up watching four guys at Cerro Gordo who dominated everything around our area for all the way through high school. They came to the assembly hall and ran into Jack Sigma one year, and the next year they ran into Jay Scheidler. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Cerro Gordo was favored over them, I believe, that year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Scheidler wasn't having a good game against them, and he came over in the, I don't know, the second quarter. And I believe the newspaper said he told Felling he couldn't shoot, and Felling got a little physical with him, got in his face, and said, "By God, you will shoot!" And he went back out there and won the game for him. Uh, but it was uh, good memories, and uh, it's sad to see, in some ways, how he had troubles in life trying to adjust to not being the star. I, I, I think one of the things that Kentucky was at Lawrenceville, he was the team. I mean, they had other good players, but he was there to score, and that was his job. Yeah. And when you get to Kentucky, you're not the only show on the floor. That's right. And uh, you don't get as many shots and as many reps, and you're not going to get it. When you don't get as many shots, you tend not to shoot as well, I think, anyway. Um, and, Lauren, one other thing. Uh, I was thinking of you this week. Uh on Thursday, 
when Nicholas and McClanahan threw an old throwback Gibby Fergie game, hour and 54 minutes, 2-1 game, guys got the ball, three strikes, ball got put in play, weren't that many strikeouts. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a game I thought you'd enjoy. Yeah, I, thought, I I really I liked it. They finally, you know, they were they were getting the ball back from the catcher and throwing it. That's that's what you're supposed to do. And but by the way, Hudson Hudson, who went from looking like uh, like the the worst thrower in the game, taking 30 seconds between pitches, all of a sudden he's throwing quicker and he's throwing better. Yeah. And and Flaherty's on the way. And I looked at some video. He looks good. He looks like he did two or three years ago. So. Good times might be coming. I know you probably got another caller, Steve, but uh, good show. Well, I do. Thanks, Marty. Well, the Cardinals have had three really well-pitched games in a row. They lost two of them, but if that's an indication of what's to come pitching-wise, they'll be they'll they'll be contender. They'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Marty. Good to hear from you, as always. Bye-bye. Yep. Marty calling from Pinehurst, North Carolina, and calling from Huntsville, Alabama. John, go ahead, John. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, I, I was just going to say, uh, talking about Scheidler, I remember when uh, I'm really originally from Hoopston, one of our guys went to school down to Indiana for four years with Bobby Knight. So we followed Illinois and Indiana basketball both, and growing up only 40 miles from Purdue, you're following it too. So had all the Rick Mountain era. Got to grow up watching on cable TV when we was younger because we got networks. And uh, when Scotty went down to uh, Indiana, I think probably his second year when Scheidler went in to Kentucky, Indiana opened up with him playing on Scheidler. They, they kind of played that matching man-to-man, but it was almost a zone, but Bobby Knight didn't play a zone. Um, and you got a 6'9 guy on a 6'1 guy. So these teams were gearing for Scheidler trying to shut him down. I think, I think he still got his numbers when they had uh, Eels trying to guard him at 6'9 because he's a lot quicker and everything. Uh, it made interesting matchups and got to watch all them games with the uh, Indiana and Kentucky, and, you know, it was always a rivalry back then. Good stuff, John. Thanks for taking time to make a call to us. Thanks. Amazing uh, how many I, memories uh, Scheidler brings back right. for a lot of people. Well, I had that this week. I, I told several people, hey, they're always asking, who you got on the show coming up this week? And I mentioned him. He said, oh, he was one of my favorites. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, They all remember a that. A young, young lady whose name I won't mention said, oh, I had a crush on him back then. I, <laughs> I really liked watching him play in more ways than one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a lot of people are familiar with that name. By the way, it won't be long until we're talking high school football coming up in the fall, you know. Yeah, well. And Urbana's having some troubles. They had trouble yeah. last year. Uh, matter of fact, they did not finish the season last year. No, they didn't. Barely got it started. Right. I mean, they, you know, and, and they uh, – Canceled the season. They canceled the baseball season, and you may, which raises the question of what's the culture like over there when you don't have a football team and don't have a baseball team. But their soccer is really good. I'll let me put that out. But they will have a football team this year. They're planning to. They've got a homecoming, I think, on September the 30th or so, where they're going to have a Hall of Fame. And, and so, uh, yes, all plans are to have a team this year. And that's important because – uh, you know, if they cancel on somebody, then that, that team doesn't have a game and then you need a certain number of games. And, and it's just uh, and there's a lot of um, there are a lot of problems right now uh, with the based on the size of the schools around here. And I, I bring it up because Muhammad Seymour is playing so well, but most of the teams they play are not in this direction, but in the other direction from us. 
and I know the game that uh, that uh, the WDWS is going to broadcast or play do play by play on on a game which will be Muhammad Seymour against Quincy Notre Dame. You know that's right on the Iowa State line. Right. Every, everything. It's too bad because if they could, they ought to start. Oh, there's been so much change in enrollments. It'd be better if we started over right now with new leagues based on the population of the schools, the enrollment of the schools, as opposed to what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right. That'd be a major undertaking, though. To it would be, but I mean, but, it's, but it'd be more fair. Yeah. And, you know, some schools are growing, like Muhammad Seymour's got, what, uh, 943 students, and they're getting up toward uh, Urbana's only got 1177. Right. So. And those are, you know, those are numbers for for the tournament. They've they've got a for football and basketball. You got to find out what division you're in. But anyway, uh, uh, Muhammad Seymour is is really taking a, a, a lot of people are, are moving that direction. A lot of folks moving that way, no doubt. We'll squeeze in one more call quickly with uh, Gary and Rantoul. Go ahead, Gary. Hey, gentlemen, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, this this is more for Lauren than it is you, Steve, because you weren't in Illinois. Uh, I grew up in Robinson. My oldest brother, uh, my oldest brother, played against Dick Scheidler in high school. Who was a tremendous athlete. That's the uh, father, huh? Dick Scheidler was the father. He graduated in 1948, Mister Tate. Mm-hmm. Same year as my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the I had the, the fortunate uh, luck of playing against Dennis Scheidler all through high school. Mm. It's it's. Uh, it started in Little League, Little League All-Stars. When I first met Dennis, I was 12, and he, he was 12. We're still great friends. Uh, we talk frequently. Uh, I don't know Jay that well yet, but what I wanted to say, Mr. Tate, Mr. Kelly, uh, Dennis Scheisler was a great basketball player. He never got the notoriety because it was one class back then. Uh, he averaged 34.9 points a game his senior year at Lawrenceville and they got upset in the sectional final but uh, anyway he was a great basketball player also as of Jay was. Thank you and I appreciate you taking my call. The brothers scored 55 so that's a big number. I don't know how you get that many shots Steve. I don't know either. Appreciate the call Gary. Thanks. Need to take one final break and we'll, we'll do that and be right back. Stay with us. About a minute before 11, wrapping up a pretty active show. Thanks to Bruce Weber, Jeff Rabjohns, Kedrick Prince, Jay Scheidler, Mike Walder. If you missed any of that, it'll be up in a podcast here in the next hour or so at WDWS.com. I'm going to write down uh, Weber in a couple of few weeks or months and get him back on again. He's, he's fun to talk to. He might be looking for something to do, too. He might want to be a regular guest with us. Well, he's talk about things. I know. And, and we'll get him to talk about self next time. You think? <laughs> well, but he, it, he was making references towards I, self I, I without who mentioning his name. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody knew who he was talking about, didn't he? But thanks for listening, everybody, on WDWS News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. This is Steve Kelly for Lauren Tate. Have a good weekend.